What's up, y'all? It's Jeff Cobb, and you're listening to Ricky and Clive Wrestling Show on Social Suplex Podcast Network. You're listening to the Ricky and Clive Wrestling Show. Listener discretion is advised at all times. Thank you once again for downloading another episode of the Ricket and Clive Wrestling Show, part of the Social Suplex Podcast Network and in association with Manscaped.com, the the kings of groomed balls. This is the only way I can really put it. Uh, welcome, my I am Clive, and my co-host is with me as usual, Ricky. Hello, sir. Good evening. <laughs> I've received my my box from Manscaped as well. Yet to use it. Get to post the before and after photo, but I will do that shortly. I'll be honest, I'm a bit scared. Why? Just, I'm just a bit apprehensive of getting down there and doing some Edward Scissorhands work on my pubic. Oh, and I'm, like, I'm not, I, I'm not, I'm not needed to use it as yet because you know I, I do it every week, mm-hmm. so I'll let it, you know, I'll let it grow a little bit from my before photo. Jesus. Um, and then. Show the eight-week transformation. <laughs> when it, oh, Pro, progress, progress picks. <laughs> right, uh, and someone who's already got one apparently last week, Barry. Welcome back. <laughs> Hello, and thanks for <laughs> thanks for having me back, guys. It's a pleasure to be here. <clears throat> pleasure doing business with you both. <laughs> so, <clears throat> as hinted at on Twitter a couple of days ago, we're going to have a wee bit of fun for the next few weeks. This idea came from a couple of inspirations. So before I um before we are um suspected of plagiary and all that stuff, want to just sort of give a shout out to people who originally came up with similar ideas. <clears throat> shout out to Rance Morris for this one who around WrestleMania time in our wee sort of outsiders edge chat group thing said, What's the best other WrestleMania card? So that's what spawned part of it and also the the good old Badlands pod with Mags and Paul, where they sort of do a, a round robin of picks that people like and all that stuff. Check both of those podcasts out. They're on the Chairshot Radio Network. What we are doing for the next few weeks are is the three of us, Ricky, Barry and myself, we are going to concoct the best fantasy pay-per-view ever. And that we will go through. So this week in the hot seat is Ricky. And Ricky is going to give us his best pay-per-view ever based on... Matches that have already happened. So you're talking WWE title, the secondary world title, IC, US title, tag titles, women title, blood feud and star attraction match. I believe I got them all there, correct? Yep, eight, (coughs) all eight. Yep, all eight. So it's going to be a star-studded talk of the best wrestling matches in our opinion ever. The only rule is that you cannot use the same wrestler more than once so once you start, if you're going to play this at home, it does actually get quite difficult towards the end when you realise hold on, I've already picked Jean-Pierre Lafitte in another match so I can't use him again <laughs> uh, what we're going to do at the end of this three weeks is <laughs> at the end of the three weeks we're going to do a poll on Twitter and see which ones you like the best which pay-per-views you think are the best so what I'd ask you, the listener, to do is, if you could like and retweet each episode as you listen, um, your name will automatically be added to the tag list when the, the poll goes out, so you'll know instantly when the poll's up. So like and retweet that when you can. We've got a wee bit of traffic going our way. Put some money in our pockets with Manscaped and T-shirts and donations and all that shit. So I think I've said all I need to say. We will probably later on down the line do a cheeky wee best ever takeover as well in a similar format but we're going to be just concentrating on the main roster stuff just now so Ricky the floor is yours enjoy telling us how sh- uh, how great your pay-per-view is thank you I feel very confident in this pay-per-view I already know 
without speaking to these people, I have two people that I know are going to vote for me. And I know that for a fact. Right. Caleb being one, Caleb being one, and I believe Josh would be another one. Okay. Anyway, so, and, and just to add, like, so it's WWE only because, you know, if you're including every single promotion, it's not much of a game. It, it's too easy then. Um, so, and obviously we can't exactly focus on the New Japan uh, product because we're stepping on the toes of someone else, and then AEW are stepping on to someone else's toes in the network. So, um, right. I'm going to just mass my, my, my camera's going to go on and off because I need to skip between this and the notes that I've written down. Are you going to do it in the pay per view order that you wish it to be? Well, I was going to touch on that. So, I have decided on my opening match and my closing match. And then basically none of this bullshit that we need to kind of bring the crowd down a little bit and give them like a toilet break or you know how that second last match of the card, it's like, right, let everyone kind of calm down and, and come back down a little before we take them on another ride. Now, fuck that. I've adopted the New Japan pro wrestling product uh, concept. Banger after banger after banger. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's just going to be like seven hours of pure great wrestling. Um and, and for me, my the way I decided on my matches was I went, obviously, as you say, once you start picking people, it narrows down certain matches, but I had to get certain people in and I had to get certain matches and purely because I enjoy those matches, not necessarily, and one of them will probably raise some eyebrows, not necessarily because it was a great match, it just kind of stands out in my childhood memory. Um and then, so it's a combination of like some of the great matches that I personally think, along with just p- matches that I enjoyed. So, to open my pay per view. Have you got a name for your pay per view? Yes, the, uh, the pay per view is, is called Ricky's Perfect Ten. Perfect oh. Eight, sorry, Perfect Eight. Oh, Jesus. Um, like, this was difficult, if I'm honest, but I decided to go with. Opening up with my tag title match, Hell in a Cell, New Day versus the Usos. Oh. <laughs> I know, like you said, we'll, we'll talk about the matches and, and, and the builds and etc. I don't like everyone knows like that was like two or three in a row that they had. It was just like wow, they're great matches. And for me, the Hell in a Cell stood out. Uh, maybe because it was the extra carnage or whatnot, but it was just that match was for me was the best of the ones that they had um, and for me whenever you talk about the New Day or the Usos you have to talk about the other team um, quickly I had a couple of matches that I considered for it for me the New Day versus the Usos versus Kalisto and Sankara from TLC oh god I that's the one where one of the Usos died if you remember <laughs> <laughs> quite emphatically yeah, as well yeah. also I'm um, sorry I forgot to say all of the matches that we're picking, sorry, have to have happened on pay-per-views. No TV matches are allowed. Yeah. Which, and I'm not sure if any of you have seen this, and this is where I know I'm going to be tugging at someone like Josh's heartstrings and probably Rance as well. Um, there was a an, a Sunday night show that used to call Action Zone, probably the, like, the equivalent of Sunday Night Heat, I guess, in 94, and you had HBK and Diesel versus 1-2-3-Kid and Razor Ramon. That's the match I wanted to go with. But I couldn't because it wasn't a pay per view. Ah, so right. if you haven't watched it, go back and watch it. Like I watched a number of these matches again, and I watched that one again. That was on Daily Motion, I think it was. And I really wanted to pick that match, but again, I couldn't, which was kind of disappointing. So that is my opening match of my pay per view. What are your thoughts on that one, Barry? That's <clears throat> a good, good, great start, actually. Doing um, a. We tag team title plus a speciality match all in the one actually, so it's a I like it. <laughs> but uh, they had the very very solid storylines and uh, matches over the years, but that was probably one of my favourites for them to be honest with you. So great choice. Um, I've never heard of that action zone before actually. I'm surprised at that because I watched I, it obviously was, back then as well. So I'm sure it was it was it was either ninety three or ninety four. I want to say it was ninety four. Must have been like American thing probably it was. Wasn't over here that, 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 that No, like I didn't watch it like back then. Back then we were only like seven or eight. Um, but yeah, I saw it a couple of times, and 
that popped into my head when I was talk when I was thinking about it, and I was praying. I was like, I really hope this was some obscure pay per view that maybe we've mm-hmm. not saw before or not really heard much of. But uh, I kind of had a, a feeling that it wasn't. And Did you know what's correct? No, I'm saying like I, I would I, that match. Like I probably didn't watch back then that match. Oh, right, I, right, I, right. I, I, I've watched I've watched wrestling since we were, like five or whatever. But that ah, match, I like I wouldn't have. I, I know I probably wouldn't have watched that match back then. It's probably like I say, it must have been like about ten ten years ago. So when I probably saw that match for the first time. Um, mm-hmm. No, I don't know about that. So that's interesting. I'll have to it's, a, it's a it's a it's a good match. The the thing that I the, I really did I've I've still not picked my tag team match yet because there's a couple that are up there with it. But that tag match specifically was a bit of a belter. As you say, they did have a good series of matches over that spring and summer. Uh, tucked away on the pre-show of SummerSlam that year was an outstanding match between the two of them. Uh-huh. And then it just sort of culminated and it became a blood feud. But at the same time, it, there was respect in that blood feud between the two. So it was an interesting dynamic. And you saw later on uh, the respect was given back from the Usos when Kofi Kingston and the New Day were doing their gauntlet series of stuff last yes. year. And the Usos were like, fuck it, we're just we're taking a taking an L for this one for you guys because of matches like they had with the, the Hell in a Cell and all that. Uh, very I actually, the I, actually, I actually watched that as I was like, because I wanted to make sure <laughs> I got the pay-per-view correct uh-huh. for the Hell in a Cell and that was in like the old just in the search bit, and I just happened to watch it again. I was like, oh, like, kind of almost forgot about that moment. It's a belter. I'm a bit jealous, but uh, I mean, there's no, there's nothing to say we can't pick. If we do pick the exact same pay per view, then we're in trouble, but <laughs> happy with your picks, though. Right. So, the next match. I says I'm just kind of going to try and wing it as I go along. Like I says, no real setup, but like I said I know my first and I know a problem with my second last match, and I really want to keep that one. Um, so next up, I'm going to go with my star attraction match, and I'm going with Triple H and Stephanie versus Kurt Angle and Ronda Rousey. So um, before, just to sort of clarify, a star attraction. To, to, to describe that, we've kind of given it with uh, sorry, who's much? Uh, what Ricky was saying there about the star attraction, you've got sort of all the public's eyes are on it. Uh, it's a big deal to get the press and all that stuff, so that's a good shout. That's basically described it in one. Sorry, continue. Yep. Yeah, so it says, for me, it's once you start whittling down the people you're losing, it kind of, you know, you're, you're, you don't have many options. And I had to get Kurt Angle in the match. And I know this, Ricard, I know this isn't like the great Kurt Angle we remember, but for me, the reason why I class it as a star attraction is, first of all, Ronda Rousey's debut. Mm-hmm. Um, Kurt Angle's return. And, and no matter what we kind of say, Triple H is still wrestling like once a year or once every couple of years, is still what they would class as a star attraction. Stephanie didn't... <sighs> Stephanie, we don't expect anything of her, but she certainly didn't... She didn't deter from it. She didn't. She didn't take anything away from it. You know, she she done what she had to do. So she played her part in the sense of what you probably wanted her to do. Um, Ronda Rousey, I thought looked great. Um, some great moments. The crowd were on fucking fire at times. Like I, I, I thought it was for me. What I'm looking for in like this kind of star attraction match, I'm looking for like something to energize the crowd, something to engage the crowd. And for me, that was engaging. And I felt like the entire crowd really, really enjoyed that match. I think it was arguably one of the better, one of the top two or three matches of that WrestleMania, probably. Um, it was just a real fun, fun match. And that's where I'm trying to blend it. Because I think now, you're now not going to get what you'd class as like uh, brawls and bar maybe one match. Like brawls, like every single every single match, you're now going to hear my pay-per-view ties in to what I've always says about my opinions on wrestling give me the greatest in-ring product you can ever give me and I couldn't care less about anything else and the rest of my card is probably going to represent that quite well I think What I like about the placement you've put done with that one is the you're not looking for these death spot matches but at the same time after a match like the New Day Usos Hell in a Cell you'll be looking to catch your breath but or you'd be sort of scunnered and just 
wiped out after quite a gruelling affair. But to have something as this, which was just sports entertainment with a capital S and capital E, uh, big marquee signing with Ronda Rousey, Kurt Angle returning to the ring in his Stars and Stripes as well. It's a good pick, and I, I especially like the placement of it, so well done. Barry, your thoughts? Thanks. Yeah, uh, another good choice there. I'm just actually taking notes of your matches there, so I remember them. Uh, for when I'm <coughs> looking through mine but no it's uh, agreed it was one of the better matches at that Wrestlemania that year um, good solid showing from Ronda Rousey in her opening match um, also Kurt Angle back in the ring as he says um, looked decent but I suppose that was because it was a tag team match I suppose at the time but we know how stiff he'd been in his return with us but uh, no uh, another good choice as I says earlier there um, I like the way it's you're just not really messing about with the order and it has to be to suit you know, the fans or whatever to calm them down so another good choice What What is Kurt Angle stiffer than Ricky? <laughs> Porn star, star's dick That always pops me oh, Brilliant Right, so match number three Um... I'm going to go with my US title match. Now, good luck to you because I'm still like I can't think of an, anything that's above <clears throat> an average US title match on paper. Get ready for this. I think I know where you're this going. Is, this is where I win the hearts of someone like Josh. I'm going to go Vengeance 2003. Eddie Guerrero versus Chris Benoit. Oh, fucking oh. hell. Like two of arguably the top five, six in ring wrestlers of all time that you've ever seen in WWE. Um, obviously, I know we can't really talk about Benoit too much without bringing up obviously first and foremost what he'd done. But if we just look at that match itself, like that was a first. I think was that not to crown the inaugural US champ because I'm certain SmackDown were running throughout the summertime or during that time and the build up to Vengeance like uh, a tournament and that was a final um, like I mean and this is what I'm talking about like in ring product because I've, I've long maintained you can give me the blandest character but with the greatest in ring wrestling ability and I've always said who you're talking about who I'm talking about is basically Chris Benoit but Eddie Guerrero is like what you want in any professional wrestler like charisma great character great on the mic and just unbelievable wrestling ability the match itself like I said is one of, in my opinion one of the absolute greatest US title matches of all time I think it's right up there with anyone and I think the beauty of some of the uh, picks that I've made especially this one is it, it stands the test of time this is every bit as good as anything you'll ever see the in-ring quality was was fantastic um, like I say I've rewatched that match again and I remember watching it and I remember watching it a few times after and I'm like it, it really it really is flawless I'm going to have to be honest I've got no recollection of this match whatsoever well that's not good <laughs> <laughs> that is not good all I can remember I do I remember all I can remember for Vengeance that year was it Cena and Undertaker that's what I was going to say. I, I don't know if you, that was maybe one of your quiz questions, actually. <laughs> Very <laughs> unique, the fact that they thought. That's what I was just about to say that, I um, <clears throat> also believe the main event was something like Brock Lesnar. That was Cutting and Brock in show. So it was. That Gowan and McMahon, I don't understand how you don't remember mm-hmm. that. It was a Smackdown only, wasn't it? So. Do you know what was unique about that? You actually remember it, I bought all the pay-per-views for Royal Rumble through to Survivor Series or Armageddon that year um, when they had that used to be on Silver Vision it was called the DVDs mm-hmm. and because at the side of the DVD it made a 2003 all the way down it so that's why I bought them all <laughs> to complete I the think, collection but. I think this was also the opening match of the card and it's I don't think it's quite maybe Brett and Owen which disappointed me because I really wanted to get that on the card but I was like I can't um, but it, it's one of the it's right up there with any kind of opening match in my opinion I think it was just I thought it was 
from like I say, from in ring product and what I look for in wrestling, I just thought, you know what, like this is great. Like this is just unbelievable. And like I say is the fact that it was built up over weeks and weeks based on the tournament and it just happened to be two real life best friends. You know, just kinda added to it as well. I'll definitely I can confirm it was the first match actually I just checked that though. I'll need to check it out. But I mean on paper you're looking at two of the best in ring workers there's ever been. They've always had a chemistry with each other. Uh, when you think of the US title, you do think of Benoit in the sort of mid, early to mid to a wee bit later noughties. Um, mm. So, but I've, not, I've genuinely not got anything forward to add apart from a wee funny story for you that um, when Barry was talking about the 2003 pay per views there, there was yep. many a night back in our younger, more energetic days, Barry, where we'd have a, a night out on the mm. piss end up back at yours uh-huh. and there was one hungover morning where you were still asleep in your bed and I thought fuck it I went through your wrestling DVDs and I found Armageddon 2003 <laughs> so <laughs> I was watching it and the main event was Triple H Kane and Goldberg and it was like the best Goldberg. triple threat I'd ever seen that's it it was brilliant that, much. that yeah. was a good pay-per-view as well actually um, that's all Michaels and Kane thought I think of that I don't know randomly I've not got much um, but I don't, that I must be honest I don't really remember that match Guerrero and Benoit but I do remember the pay-per-view so I'll happily sit through that match again anyway mm-hmm. tasty stuff so and it's it's a nice variety as well mm-hmm. I like it a bit old school in there as well which is good I think this is a portion of my pay-per-view where I kind of get two similar and a kind of similar matches back to back because my final three matches I refuse to budge on them because I'm intending to go out with a fucking bang first up I'm going to go with my blood feud and this is a match I think it's going to surprise people but see as soon as I see it I don't think it's going to surprise people especially you Clive Okay. I'm going to go Undertaker versus Mankind another cell and match and it's not it's not the hell in a cell match oh god I, fuck, I wonder what it is <laughs> Do you know what it is? Boiler room block, bro. Boiler room brawl. <laughs> oh, the two things that stand out for me is the fact that a boiler room brawl. Taker going into the match, like as he walked into boiler room, was so hesitant, and it was like, oh wow, even he's kind of like worried or like what is happening, where am I, what's going on? And he was walking about for a good couple of minutes before he kind of before mankind jumped him. But obviously, the big thing about it was Paul Bearer turned on Taker because they had to get out the boiler room to get into the ring to get the arm of Paul Bearer Taker on his knee asking for it Paul Bearer doesn't give it to him and then he hits him with it and then uh, Mankind gets the mandible claw on him and takes it and then cements the Paul Bearer heel turn it isn't it isn't like it's it's not one of the great like hardcore or no DQ or whatever type matches it isn't but it's that's what I say at the start of it it's a match for me that stuck out purely because at the time I was like a boiler room brawl and then some of the stuff that happened in it that's why it sticks out to me um, like I said it's not it's not one of the greatest matches um, by any stretch of the imagination but it's a match that's always stuck out in my mind to this day I've never seen that match was that SummerSlam 98? Was it 98? I'm sure it was... I'm definitely sure it was SummerSlam. Oh no, no, sorry. It was definitely 98 because that appeared recently. I'm sure that was Year Austin beat Undertaker, so I think you're right. I think it was about 96. But no, actually, as a wee guy at the time, I remember being very, very scared of that match, to be honest with you. I actually really enjoyed it as well. I don't think it would actually have popped up to appear on this list of mine, to be honest with you, but uh, good choice, something different. Um, was 96. there blood in it? 96. Was there actually blood in the match? I didn't. Are you allowed to? I would like to think so. The only reason I say is blood food is the fact that like what we spoke about, like, a blood food ends or has, like Aye. where it's just like genuine, proper animosity and rage Aye. and just, I Aye. want to kill you kind of thing. A pure hatred to me, obviously. Yes. If blood helps, if blood is there, that gets extra points on the old scorecard, if there is such a <coughs> thing. But if it's one of those rivalries that's just so personal and it, it calls for nothing but some sort of gimmick match, then I'd count that as a budget. It's quite interesting that something like that would fit in 
quite well today with all these um, pre-recorded cinematic f- matches yep. that you're getting at the moment. A boiler room brawl part part dos is on the way soon. Yep. <laughs> right, I'll move on. And I said, I'm confident in the last this match as well as the next three. And this is what I said, it's kind of similar to the boiler room, so I'm going to go my women's match. Initially, I was going to go Charlotte and Asuka from WrestleMania. Bear in mind, we can't do NXT. But I'm going to go Becky Lynch and Charlotte from Evolution. Last women's and I know one. it's it's kind of like a, I know understand I understand there's like three hardcore matches on the card, um, but I think all three. I know people won't agree with Boiler Room Brawl, but I think the tag match in this match specifically is like two great great matches. And this match here, in my opinion, is the greatest uh, women's match in WWE history. Um, Oof. Not including, not including um, NXT. NXT. Right. I can't include. Not so like because for me it's still Sasha and Bailey. I think. Um, but main roster wise, I know a lot of people do have much to compete against and whatnot, right? But I still think this is the greatest match, women's wrestle match of all time. And I don't like to quote the guy. We don't speak very highly of him, but I think Uncle Dave says the same. But fuck his opinion. Right, so um, this is the official greatest pay per views ever, right here. So, it's it. so that like says uh, in fact, what makes it even more special is the fact that um, it was the evolution of first ever women's pay per view. Um, the, the, the finish to the match was excellent as well. I thought it was just it was such a brutal, hard hitting affair. Um, like I said, I was tempted to go after Charlotte, but I changed it at the last minute and I went Becky Lynch and Charlotte. I only. My only hesitation, let's say, is was I've now got three kind of hardcore matches on the card, but I'm now about to enter the point where wrestling purists are going to be walking about stiffer than Kurt Angle. <laughs> uh, I was going to try and do a manscaped stroke there, but I won't at the moment. But, Barry, would you say this is the best women's match ever on the main roster? Um, well, to be honest with you, there's probably a lot of new listeners there who aren't aware of who I am, and this will turn them off. Um, <laughs> I've never ever seen Evolution. Oh! <laughs> generally, have never seen it. No. Um, I remember at the time, I never really planned on seeing it, but I, I was planned on seeing it a few months ago then, and never ever got around to doing it. So, <laughs> but I've heard great things about it, I've just never ever seen the event. So, sorry about that. And, Sorry, viewers out there who are turned off. <laughs> Especially in today's climate, but, where it's all about equality, and you're just saying, "Ah, oh, fuck it." I mean, do you know what? Does your daughter not watch wrestling? She's been off it a bit, actually. To be fair, um, she's not really tuned in. I can't really blame her, to be honest with you, but um, <laughs> you not so it? much this year. Even before the coronavirus pandemic kicked in, before then, she kind of went off it as well. So. But uh, I think at that time she was, I uh, she would have been right into it. So I'm surprised I never actually sat down and watched it. Well, I think don't get, I've seen maybe clips of it, but I've never ever sat and watched a full match from it. Well, you've got the summer holidays now, so a wee mm-hmm. rainy morning, say young Yun, let's put on some evolution, and you can just watch her <laughs> as a Batista and Ric Flair promos. Mm-hmm. See, to be fair, she actually preferred the male wrestlers to the women. Actually, <laughs> well, I've, I've, first it was Becky Lynch and uh, no Becky Lynch, sorry, um, Sasha and. Bailey, but then she started becoming a big fan of Braun Strowman and that, so. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Random. <laughs> <laughs> big scary guys like that, I know. Uh, I think if we're being honest, apart from maybe three or four before 2015, there's only about five years to choose from when it comes to best women wrestling, best women's matches. Say what you want about their push, their pay, place in the cards, whether they're buried or not, but the four horsewomen and slightly before it with the likes of Paige and AJ Lee, women's wrestling hasn't been this good. Sorry, it's, this is the best it's been the last five years or so, ever. So I think that sort of narrows down the selection pool. I did consider picking this one. I'm not sure if I'm going to say whether I have or not, but I think you've got a lot to choose from. Best, best one ever, possibly. 
it was a, a massive massive moment for Becky Lynch's sort of overall arc that was going on. It was a big exclamation mark on her push and rise to the top. The match itself was beautifully violent. Becky Lynch putting her body in the line with that top-notch leg drop from the top of a, a very tall ladder, it has to be said. Um, yep. Big massive powerbomb to Charlotte off the apron through the tables. Just, it was it was a carnage match. I think one of the things that Becky's very good at is brawl matches. We've seen that with the TLCs, the Hell in a Cell that she had, and this um, last Women Standing match. A good shout. I was just thinking off the top of my head. I'm not. I don't know if I'm giving it away here, but see, for purest wrestling, I would say Ronda Rousey and Sasha Banks is in with a shout. So that that was another one I considered. It was, but I just felt okay. like Charlotte and Becky Lynch just had that. I felt like their peak was just slightly higher. Mm-hmm. I'd say so. Like it was, it was such an emphatic match. Even see yeah. Barry, if you don't watch Evolution, just watch this mm-hmm. last woman standing match. It's quite spectacular. I do remember hearing big things about it. Um, to be honest, though, I was always more a fan of Charlotte and Sasha's matches. Um, that was probably one of my choices. To be honest with you, yeah, I think they were good and narrowed it down. Uh, I think the Hell in a Cell match is possibly one in the way for me actually for mine so that's a wee sneaky preview for when it's my week but I've not decided yet anyway so uh, um, that Charlotte Sasha stuff was magical it was mm-hmm. um, shall I move on <coughs> go for it my Universal slash World Heavyweight title match Chris Jericho HBK No Mercy 2008 oh <laughs> fucking hell <laughs> We were talking about this recently, actually. It was a, you know, remember, was it at SummerSlam when Jericho hit Shawn Michaels' wife by accident? Or was yep. it in Raw after it? That was SummerSlam. Yep. Um, I know this could have also been tied in for a blood feud, but for me, that match alone just is one of the absolute very best Shawn Michaels and Jericho matches you'll see. Um, blown away by it. I thought, even, it just ignore the build and because it was a long ass build, like, it was it went on for months. Um, the match itself, I just thought, you know, this was mind blowing. And 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 I actually text Clive the other day, and I was like, I actually don't have HBK on the card as yet, and I was really surprised at that. And I hadn't got to my world this secondary title as yet, and it was only when I started writing it down, I had to think, and I was like, right, and then it dawned on me that this was actually for that title. Um, so I get quite lucky in that sense because if it wasn't, if it was for the WWE title, I probably wouldn't have included that match. Um, so kind of glad I managed to get HBK on the card. Was this the ladder match? Yes. The, uh, right. Mm-hmm. I, I, I mentioned it to Clive recently as well. He said he, he didn't really remember being that into the feud at the time, but <laughs> it lasted from April WrestleMania for October. So it was an incredible feud. It was for, stemmed from Ric Flair's retirement. Yeah. Um, well, Jericho just couldn't accept that he wasn't wrestling anymore. <laughs> so Batista as well, I think he had an issue with it. So, um, no, it was absolutely incredible. I think they had an unsanctioned match before that. Um, um, I think that was think after was just, the SummerSlam incident. Ah, that was Unforgiven. And then I'm sure the following month was at No Mercy. Um, am I right in saying that the Jericho, when he hurt Michael's wife, that wasn't actually meant to happen? That wasn't even part of the storyline? I can't remember. I think the punch was supposed to happen, but it wasn't supposed to land. That was that connection was quite. Um, that was El Cemento, That one. I'm sure, Jericho mentioned something about it. Oh, he did. Recently, actually. I mentioned uh, this came up again recently. Uh, that's how I mentioned that storyline to Cliver. Um, I'm sure it's mentioned it wasn't meant to happen, but whether that was him just being keyfed or not, I don't know. <clears throat> done a good job at anyway. Yep. I'm just well, not punching his wife. I mean, <laughs> oh God, I'm waiting, man. I fucking get torn into her. Uh, sorry, I'm just looking, Barry, at your perfectly quaffed hair, uh, your headphones and your, your wee pen there. It's as if you're doing a sort of a, a, a work-from-home version of Gillette Soccer Saturday. Oh, yeah. Sorry, I'm, I'm, I'm actually doing that in the meantime while I'm doing this. Uh, this is my... Well, I'm actually sitting 
on my working from home actually there you go you can see this is where I work from home anyway so I just I love my job that much and I'm just sitting in my office again now <laughs> not suspect at all that you've got a box of Kleenex next to your computer at your house I've got what? a box of Kleenex <laughs> next to your PC oh, oh god <laughs> I was making me earlier right my favourite card sorry my favourite match on a card um, intercontinental title match ones that I considered the triple threat with Finn Seth and Miz at Wrestlemania when was that like three years ago or so I don't know the same year as the Rousey one no I think that one opened it the triple threat uh-huh. that was yep. considered a belter of a match yes uh-huh. um, and this is going to sound so contradictory it's unbelievable Wrestlemania 3 Randy Savage versus Steamboat (laughs) Randy Savage Steamboat is probably the greatest intercontinental title match ever and I'm going to say what I say is about Jericho and by the way this isn't my pick Um, I've just typed that down I know sorry what I said about Eddie Guerrero and I'm just telling you who I considered um, Eddie Guerrero and Chris Benoit how that stands the test of time and so does this like that match only lasted about 14, 15 minutes at most 15 minutes and it was just fucking unbelievable two absolute greats and, and funny like Savage I've mentioned twice in my list of I might actually put him on I might not um, but I decided not to go with it and like I said even though I think it probably is the greatest intercontinental match of all time so it contradicts what I'm about to say <laughs> But I had to get on my card from my all-time favourite wrestler. Of course you did. So I'm going, this one, and, and, and as great as Savage and Steamboat was, this one's right next to it, in my opinion. Right next to it. It's, you know, there's nothing in it. Bret Hart versus Mr. Perfect at SummerSlam 1991. That was one of my options, I thought. <laughs> like, in my opinion, I think Kurt Angle is like probably the greatest in-ring wrestler I've ever seen. Bret Hart is like 1B. Uh, Mr. Perfect, the name says it alone. I think for me, this was a moment where it probably solidified Mr. Perfect as like, oh, you're just fucking great. But it established, I think, Bret Hart is just an absolute star. Um, like I said, this match, two all-time greats, two in-ring great technicians, just like I say, my kind of wrestling down to a T in a match that if we saw it now, and this was what this match was 19 years ago. If you saw that match this week for the first time ever, and it was a 2020 uh, a match that took place in 2020, you would say this is still stands up against 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 any match you see. See, um, can I just interrupt? Can I just say something here? Uh, what you're saying about it stand the test of time. I've actually, I actually think that about the Steamboat and Savage match because when you think, when you've got your nostalgia glasses on and you think back to the eighties, even the early nineties, you think it's just all about larger than life wrestlers and the whole sports entertainment stuff, cartoon glossy. But there was some damn good wrestling going on back then as well. That, as you say, mm-hmm. stands the test of time. Pretty uh, surprised you didn't go for a year later though the SummerSlam the next year but that's just my opinion I think nah nah fair enough me, I know I know it was just this monumental moment I get it um, but there's there's something about watching two absolute awesome in-ring technicians and just like I said Mr. Perfect was just it's what like I said perfect Um, yeah for me no I still think as great as Bulldog and and Brett was this that one was still my favourite out of the two of them and like I said I'm probably just I would still say Savage and Steamboat is the greatest intercontinental match of all time and I probably should include it but I had to get Bret Hart on the card. I can't sit and say he's like in one of the top two greatest of all time 
in ring oh, and not put him on the card. Um, and like I said, I think this still it, it tugs at the purists and, and people who look back fondly to the nineties and eighties and stuff. Um, and it'll be like, no, that's a great fucking pick, just to pat myself on the back. I I can hear um, I can hear you doing that. <laughs> right, Barry. Uh, Barry, match. two seconds. Ricky, have you, Mary, have you got any thoughts on the controversial pick? I do actually know it wasn't... Uh, I thought that was one of the better matches uh, in the continental title-wise. As I says, that was one of my choices as well. Um, and now that you've brought it up, uh, Clive, um, that 92 one is actually winning away from the IC title one, so thanks for ruining my episode, man. <laughs> <laughs> I might not win it but that was those three matches that have already been mentioned were up there and um, that Bret Hart and Bulldog one was one away but no that Bret perfect one as you said it was only again I think that was maybe only 15, no I think that was actually quite a 20 minute match or something that Bret and Mr Perfect one um, um, I remember oh a proper old school wrestling where there was a lot of uh, ground manoeuvres and a lot of submission uh, technical 18, ability in 18, that match, so. 18 minutes and, and, and it's funny Barney says that because that's why it's on the card and that's why it is and I know Savage and Steamboat is the exact same like you know like I said mm. it's it's splitting hairs um, I understand I think, you want I think for me personally it just like I said it is, for two reasons I think probably pushed over three reasons in fact first of all it's Bret Hart second I think it established Bret as a, as a, a birds or becoming a superstar and I think it just kind of established Mr. Perfect is one of the greats of his own era. Fair enough. Um, Agreed. Final match on the card. Uh, It is the WWE title. Um, The one I was initially going to go with was from WrestleMania 8. Again, Savage. It was going to be Savage, um, Ric Flair. That was I. I was going to go with that, mm-hmm. uh, and I didn't. And I'm, to be honest, I'm, I, I think I've made the right decision, and I think you probably know where I'm going to go with this. I'm it's, still, still clueless. Opinion, sorry, I'm still not sure where you're going with this, bad boy. In, in my opinion, John Cena's greatest ever match. In oh. my opinion, probably CM Punk's greatest WWE match as well. Chicago money in the oh. bank. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, the only the only thing that was disappointing about it all was the fact that Punk returned two weeks later. Yep, the aftermath like, it was terrible. Yes, that was fucking horrendous. Match itself, build up to the match, everything about it, Brilliant. just a work of fucking art. And and for me, that had to close the match with pay per view and. Again, I'm pretty confident and content with my actual full card itself, um, but especially those last sort of three matches, especially my last two. Um, just great, great wrestling. Great, especially especially that Money in the Bank one. Just historic levels of storytelling coming into it. Just punk, like one of the hottest wrestlers you'll ever come across during that sort of that time frame. Um, Cena was awesome as well. Uh, I mean, the end somewhat protected Cena, I guess, where you know where he came out and Vince tried to do the whole Montreal screw job thing again, uh, and Cena comes running out, smacks a uh, decks a ref, and says to Vince, "No, no, that's not what we're doing. We're doing it that way." And then he goes in to the ring and immediately gets hit with the with the go to sleep. And I was a bit like, "Oh, you're kind of protecting him." So, I, I mean, I'm really nitpicking, and I'm just you know, but flawless, flawless, flawless match, and I think that. Without a doubt, it has to close the show. Hmm. Well, you know my thoughts on John Cena. You know my thoughts on CM Punk. I wasn't watching wrestling at the time. I have seen the match since. I can understand why that was picked. Um, it's just not not my, not my cup of tea, but I, I do understand. Yeah, but I think and not to knock your opinion or anything but I think you had to be there live and watching it all and being along for the journey it's like the whole probably 
like for instance Daniel Bryan yes movement yeah we can look back on it and be like oh wow that was good but you you really had to be there to live it and experience it and watch it happen on a week to week basis and just kind of for it building up each and every single week and the punk thing was just just it was just going through the roof week by week by week uh-huh. agreed yep I think I've just picked uh, my US title match as well, by the way, in case you're interested. I know, great choice. Um, two of the greatest of all time, in my opinion. Um, Storytelling wise, uh, everything, action in the ring, brilliant. Uh, probably also one of the last times, and what was that, nine years ago now? Well, mm-hmm. I had no clue what was going to happen in wrestling, like, as in. Is this genuine? Is this not? Is, it was just, I was so sucked in, it was unbelievable. And I thought that when Punk left the title, I thought he is gone here. Like, it wasn't even a case of, aye, he's coming back, I know this is part of the show. No. And I think still with this day, they're saying that they generally didn't know up to that night. He hadn't signed a new contract up to that night, apparently. So. Uh, I think he'd done it on a night or something like that. Mm-hmm. Aye, potentially. Um, but, yeah, I agreed. Um, the aftermath of that was horrendous. They didn't yeah, handle oh. that well at all, but no, a great choice. Yep, absolutely. Surprised it's probably the main event, but yeah. Um, here's the here's the thing. So I could have gone Jericho and HPK as a main event. Mm-hmm. Um, I personally think this is probably the best match on the card. Um, well, the reason, I, I the reason. And the reason why it main events, and, and like I say, is I say it all the time, your world title closes the show. The only time, I've said it time and time again, the only time you make exceptions to that rule is if Taker was retiring at WrestleMania, and rightfully Roman and Taker closed, because at the time we assume Taker retired. But in the Royal Rumble, Royal Rumble match always closes. That I, I agree with that. I like that. But in every single other pay-per-view, unless unless it's it's a real significant history-changing match, the world title must close the show. Whether that's the women's world title or the men's, it, the, the world title must close the show. Well, so I agree that the world title match, should, the, the lineage WWE title should close the show. Barry, what are your thoughts? I'm going to run through the the card just for the listeners. Well, oh. I fucking lost the document. So, New Day versus Usos, Hell in a Cell to kick things off. Triple H and Stephanie versus Kurt and Ronda. Eddie Guerrero versus Christopher Benoit, US title match. Undertaker versus Mankind, Boiler Room Brawl. Becky Lynch versus Charlotte, Last Woman Standing. Heartbreak Kid versus Chris Jericho, a ladder match, No Mercy 2008. Bret Hart versus Mr. Perfection. Is that why you like him? Because it's perfect ten gimmick. Yeah, yeah. And uh, John Cena versus CM Punk. It's a it's a strong showing, Ricky. Um, but your your chants, chanting the odds throughout the last few days, saying your cards out of this world. I'll um, we'll see about that, sunshine. But Barry, what are your <laughs> thoughts on it? <laughs> I mean, I mean, before Barry gives his thoughts, just to retort to that, like I've got. Benoit and Guerrero on the card. I've got Bret Hart and Mr. Perfect on the card. I've got HBK Jericho on the card. Punk and Cena on the card. That's four like legendary matches. Not to mention Becky Lynch and Charlotte probably takes it to five. Like I have five bona fide like all time level matches right there. Can I? Now I understand the boiler room brawl probably might dampen people's opinions on the card, but hey, fuck you, it's my card. <laughs> Barry Aye, yeah, uh, <laughs> solid showing yep eight really good matches easy about three in there that's nine or tens easy nine or, nine or ten ten out of ten obviously uh, only match I've never seen as I said is Becky Lynch Charlotte I was honest about I've never seen that one um, no Stone Cold no Rock though that's the only thing I would say Aye, um, maybe another couple of others but there's definitely a few in there that have um, that's been potentially going to be my choices as well but I've not, as I said I've not decided in the full card yet I haven't through some matches but probably they'll get changed about it's already happened with a couple so no, definitely very impressive card from top to bottom um, it'll be hard to top it but 
I'm confident I can, so. <laughs> <laughs> to, to, to the Rock and Austin thing, right? So, I never even thought about that when I was making the card. Like, mm-hmm. I ne- it never dawned on me until, until you've said it. Uh, I think Rock and Austin, in ring ability wise, are criminally. Like, like that part of their ring aspect, wrestling ability, is just criminally underrated. I don't think people talk about them as much. Like, we want to talk about ring psychology, ring IQ, like how to pace a match, etc., etc. Like, we understand that Austin himself says that, like, eventually had to kind of change their brawler gimmick because of the injuries and stuff. I think we always talk about, like, how great of an aura and, like, the mic work and the character. Like, we talk about all that, but what gets lost in shuffle is they were actually really good in the ring. Like, you know, let's, let's not pretend that we're not. But, mm-hmm. but, I've got Punk, Jericho, HBK, Bret Hart, Mr. Perfect, Eddie Guerrero, uh, Chris Benoit, um, Kurt Angle, all on this card. And for me, pound for pound, every one of those guys are like in that legendary in-ring talent. Like, I think, I don't think this is controversial, if I'm going to be honest with you. I think it's night and day if you compare Rock and Austin to Bret Hart in-ring ability in-ring ability Austin The Rock had very limited moveset so you could predict what was coming in their matches whereas any of these other guys on this uh, card here maybe exception as Zena has but well to be fair I'm going to include him in that any of these other guys I'd say could pull out something out the bag I've never seen before Right. Cena, um, Cena went through a Cena period. Did do that. That. Cena did go through a period. Yeah, that's how I was correcting myself there. That's right. That thing... US Open Challenge period was just that two year run or that two year period where he was just putting on fucking banger after banger, like even on TV and stuff. Aye. I keep talking about it. He had these two back to back matches against Cesaro on Cesaro. Raw that were just <laughs> fucking tremendous. Dolph Ziggler as well. I think he was told, he must have been told then, look, your time's up soon, so enjoy it while it lasts. And he thought, here we go. And then obviously we got match of the year every week. Yep, <laughs> on, on and Ross as well. And then we got, in my opinion, the greatest debut of the last ten years as well during that John Cena US Challenge, Open Challenge. Kevin yes, Owens. yes. Mm-hmm. Ultimate classic moment. It's just what sticks in my mind all the time when I think about that moment is, I would introduce myself. But you know exactly who I am, and I'm just like you piece of shit. I fucking love you, <laughs> you know. And I know, I know. Clive's moment is when he's standing on the US title with the NXT title on the air. Oh, Barry, can you pass me those Kleenex, please? Just thinking about that. <laughs> so that's the first pay per view in the bag. We'll, we'll, um, I'm going to do something a wee bit cheeky soon with regards to the quiz, which Ricky has. Yes, Ricky, you have. Sorting this yeah. quiz. I'm going to do a quiz shortly about the the matches themselves, and that's what the quiz time is going to be this week. But first of all, I just want to give you a wee quick message about why it's where you should go if you want to get your balls looking nice and tidy. Manscaped has redesigned the electric trimmer. The, the, their engineering team has spent 18 months perfecting the greatest ball hair trimmer ever created, and just released a new and improved Lawnmower 3.0. And I will continue to call it more of lawns on here to keep it wrestling. The third generation trimmer features a cutting edge ceramic blade to reduce manscaping accidents. Millions, that's a lot of balls. <laughs> Millions of balls are about to be nick free thanks to Manscaped's advanced skin safe technology. Manscaping accidents are going to be a thing of the past. This is premium gear, ladies and gents. The battery will last up to 90 minutes, so you can take a longer shave if you like to take your time. And don't know why you'd want to do that and what's wrong with you if you're going to take that long to shave your balls. But anyway, um, you can also have a wee groom in the shower because it's water resistant. If it's a wee bit dark in the shower, there's an LED light which illuminates grooming areas for a closer and more precise trimming. They've upgraded to a 7,000 revs per minute motor with quiet stroke technology. First time in the last few weeks that I've said that with a a straight face. (laughs) Let's not forget about the charging stand as well. You can show your more off loud and proud to your friends, your mum, your gran, because this intelligently designed stand is a convenient charging dock powered by USB. If you're listening to this right now, I want you to experience it first hand for yourself. Ladies and gents, not ladies, 
but I don't see why women can't use this stuff either if they want. Um, trim your pubic region, and if you want 20% off with this, plus free shipping, with the, go to manscaped.com, put in the code SUPLEX at checkout, and if you do, your bulls will thank you. And thank you for listening. Night, night. Right. Uh, Ricky, you want to do a wee quiz for us then? It's fucking quiz time with Ricky and Clive and friends. A fucking WWE quiz. Yes, um, by the way, did you tell me that um, the quiz should be related to the matches? Oh, fuck. He's, he's at it. He's at it. I remember you saying that as well. Did, did, you, did you actually say that? It was mentioned in the chat. I'm, I'm not going to lie I, I must have missed that I have got a quiz and it's about Edge but I feel you'll miss that part about it being about the match you've done Fair enough right. uh, see, see before Barry I'd like you to um, a virtual handshake agreement with this one how about the loser has to go has to start next week has to do their pay-per-view next week um, Aye Okay Is that a deal? Let's spit Oh shit! Sorry. On the face of people who like to be cool. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <clears throat> I'm uh, looking forward to hearing your paper the next week, Brian. So. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, Barry, what's your buzzer? You know, uh, it's me. It's me. It's B A Z. And mine is. Oh, it's true. It's damn true. I just want to say good luck to you both and good luck to following this pay per view because it's like following Taker HBK from WrestleMania. Good luck, guys. <laughs> so, question number one. What did Edge call his lifting DDT finisher? And it's multiple choices, by the way. Edgehead, Edge of the World, or Education? Oh, it's true, it's damn true. Yes. Education. Correct. One note to Clive. Question number two. Alongside Edge and Christian, who were the other two members of Team Wreck? So we've got Rick Floyd and Kane, Rhino and Kurt Angle, or Dustin Reynolds, Dustin Runnels and Cat. What a shite group that would have been if it was those two. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's true, it's damn uh, true. Uh, yes. Kinky <laughs> uh, Kurt and Randy Rhino. <laughs> Correct. 2 0 to Clive. You better get your pen and paper ready, Barry, for next week, fella. <laughs> Question number three. Who ended Edge and Christian's first reign as tag team champions? The two man power trip? Brothers of Destruction? Or Too Cool? It's me, it's me, it's BAZ. Yes. Uh, it was Too Cool. Correct. Two one. Question number four. Rated RKO was formed as a response to which team? Vincent Shane, DX, or the Spirit Squad? Oh, it's true. It's damn true. Yes. DX. And that answer is correct. Question number five. Who partnered Edge and Kurt Hawkins throughout the majority of 2008? Mark Jindrak? <laughs> Chris Jericho or Zack Ryder? It's me, it's me, it's B.A.Z. Yes. Zack Ryder. Correct, it's 3-2. Pentagon face. Shout out Many to Rob Rhodes. Uh, 10, so we've got 5 to Ten. go. How many times did Edge and Undertaker go one on one on in pay per views in two thousand and eight? I feel like we've spoken about this before. Uh, it was Batista who did this. Oh, was it right? Sorry. So four, five, or six. Oh Christ, right. Mania, backlash. Uh, oh, it's true. It's damn true. Yep. Four. Incorrect. Uh, fuck you, mate. Oh. <laughs> Well, it was also six, five or six, was it? Five and six. 
Um, something's telling me they must have fought and no, it wasn't just singles matches they must have come across each other and but that's what this question is singles matches is it singles? Only. singles only oh dear oh dear you mean all together um, or just that 2008 one? just that, uh, just 2008. that yeah, that's correct. That's correct. It's three each. Oh, fuck sake. Yeah. Think yeah. Some kind of art rated superstar. I mean, I know <laughs> that's wrong, isn't it? <laughs> In 2009, two, no way out 2009, mm. which world title did, did Edge lose and which one did he win? Oh, it's true. It's damn true. Yes. He lost the WWE <clears throat> and took Kofi Kingston's place in the chamber to win the world title match. It's four three to Clive now. Question number eight: Who was his last, or like who? What was his last match before he announced his retirement? Was it Jack Swagger, Randall Walton, or Alberto Del Rio? It's me, it's me, it's BAC. Yes. Uh, Alberto Del Rio. Correct. So I would have Four answered, eight. but I was laughing at the Randall Walton part. <laughs> <laughs> Question number three. At three? the 2010... <laughs> Question number three, at the Royal, 2010 Royal Rumble, which uh, which number did he enter at? 19, 26, or 29? Oh, now you've just thrown a spanner in the works there. It's me, it's me, it's B Yes. Uh, 29. Correct. Clive, get your pen ready for next week, maybe? No, I'll be getting my hashtag Google Docs ready for next week. <laughs> <laughs> Panicking here. Question number 10. Panicking Skywalker. Which number did he enter the 2020 Royal Rumble? Oh, it's true, it's damn true. Sorry? Right, there you go. I've just panicked there. Uh, 21. Correct. Correct. Did you buzz in before the options even? (laughs) (laughs) I've got a bad habit of buzzing in when when I don't hear the full question when it comes to age. Alright, alright, okay. This is it. The question, bonus question. It's me, it's me, it's me. <laughs> Christian. <laughs> this one, um, I'm not going to give you any choices. Oh, good. Uh, how I many, like that Right, so just buzz in. How many yep. Money in the Bank matches has he won? Money in the Bank ladder matches has he won? Oh, it's true, it's damn true. Oh, I'd say just Clive. Oh, oh God. Just Clive, I think. <laughs> uh, the answer is Uno, one. Correct. Yes. Good quiz, guys. That was, that was good. That was Six good. That. that was hotly contested. Oh, well, Barry next week. <laughs> Better get some serious work done or pick up some <laughs> mysterious code. <laughs> <laughs> So you've not got a cold just now, so that does tell you why the Kleenex is at your table then. What was that? So you haven't got the cold this week, so that gives more reason for why the Kleenex is at your table. Hey, fever. (laughs) What a practiced answer. (laughs) (sighs) Uh, I hope you've enjoyed this week, ladies and gents. The first of a three-parter where we all give our versions of the best historic pay-per-view ever compiling all the matches that we favour and all that shit you got to know it by now remember if you want involved in the poll at the end of week 3 please retweet and like this episode on Twitter for your chance to be automatically tagged in the poll we are the Rick and Clive Wrestling Show um, what? uh huh that's right on the social <laughs> fuck's sake man on the Social Suplex Podcast Network where you can find other shows such as Grown men watch this shit. All things elite. K 
kicking <laughs> keeping it strong style. One Nation Radio and get in the ring. No clue why. Are you going to say kicking it strong style? <laughs> <Hi>. <laughs> Sorry, Jeremy. Sorry, Josh. Oh, I'm having vote, a... vote vote for Ricky, guys. Uh, a vote for Ricky is, is a vote for the good guy. Uh, Ricky Ramon. Bad? No, that's wrong. Oh, can you do this plug, please? I think you've just done it. Um, please follow us on Twitter at Ricky and Clive. You can also join the, the wrestling group on Facebook, which is called the Rest <laughs> the Wrestling Square Circle. Absolutely butchered this. We can also get your very own Ricky and Clive wrestling teacher along with a couple other ones um, from Pro Wrestling Tees. Um, and I said Barry will be back on next week to give his pay per view, and Clive will do his the following week. Barry, you want to give them your Twitter details? I same as uh, last week. That's at BazD86. If anyone wants to follow, uh, if anyone wants to start voting for mine just now, I can promise <laughs> you I'll reward you with the most exciting pay per view you'll ever have in your life. So get voting. <clears throat> but no uh, pleasure for being here again, guys. And, um, hope to hear you all next week um, at that point I'll be enjoying a two week vacation from work as I was supposed to be away in the summer this year but obviously nobody's going anywhere so I've decided to keep the holidays and I'm off for a total of 19 days so I might be bluttered next week when you see me so. <laughs> that's actually the exact, no mate about it that's the exact same <laughs> two weeks I've got off as well so um, oh, exciting don't forget, ladies and gents, you can also donate directly to the show by pressing the link in the podcast show notes. And there's the socialsuplex.com where you can get these podcasts and the columns sent directly to your email inbox by clicking the subscribe button. And last but certainly not least, 20% off in the best ball trimmer around it with manscaped.com if you put in suplex as a promo code at checkout. That may be the worst plug that's ever happened in this show. Yep. I just want to add one more thing. See if people don't vote for me. I'm done with the podcast. Oh, fuck's sake. <laughs> Get fucking voting for your favourite Asian. <laughs> oh, so you mean Mohammed Hassan? Uh, my brother. My brother. My brother. Still falling. Still falling. Still falling from that. Last night. Right. It's actually uh, with the Great American Bash on NXT tonight. It's actually been 15 years since the Great American Bash where Muhammad Hassan continues to fall to this day. You might appear tonight. Uh, imagine that it just popped up on the stage. And then started falling again. If you don't vote for me, I will. Um, if I don't win the pay-per-view thing, I'm going to just put a whole episode out of shite wrestling jokes. The thing is, though, there's a market for that. There's certain people that love that kind of stuff. Do you mean there's a market or there are marks for it? Both. <laughs> there's a market for it and there's marks. Paul loves it. Totally loves it. Mag's not a fan. Uh, I feel like you've probably got Sam and Imp on board. Do you know what? I'll, I think I'll put that behind a paywall, to be honest with you. I think <laughs> that content should be charged £50. I'll, I'll, I'm, I'll probably same as Barry. We'll, we'll probably have a cold that day. And what, what I'll do is I'm going to I'm going to do a greatest wrestling match ever and put in pipe in some audience laughing at me when it's just me and Owen and stuff like that, like canned laughter. Canned laughter, I. And uh, some holy shit chants as well. <laughs> right, thanks for listening, ladies and gents. Enjoy Fighter Fest and enjoy the Great American Bash. We shall speak to you next week. Good night. Take care, folks. Good night, everyone. Cheers. Thank you for listening to the Ricky and Clive Wrestling Podcast. We'll see you next time.